NG Meet is brought to you by NG Digital. Check out all our scheduled content at www.ngdigital.co.uk and keep up with everything that's going on on NG Digital. Hello and welcome to the very first of NG Meets. This is a brand new series where we'll be sitting down with some folks linked to Nottingham to find out more about them, what makes them tick and hopefully get some great stories along the way. Got some great shows lined up for this series. It's uh, so it's a sort of informal internet sit-down chat. You may be familiar with various shows like this out there in the world of podcasts. It's, uh, hopefully we can bring a Nottingham look to that. In this first show, I had the chance to meet with a wonderful Henry Normal, best known for many as being co-founder of Baby Cow Productions with Steve Coogan, where he was managing director for 16 years until just a couple of years ago. That company are behind some of the biggest shows on telly, Gavin and Stacey, The Mighty Boosh, uh, a large part of Partridge's catalogue as well. He's also co- was also co-writer on the fabulous The Royal Family, uh, along with the late Carolina Hearn and Craig Cash. As well as that, he's also uh, done much other screenwriting, and is also now back doing what he was one of his early loves, which is poetry. And that's the reason he was in Nottingham a couple of weeks ago. He was up uh, for a meeting about the Poetry Festival, of which he's co-founder, and uh, he sat, took out some time to sit down and have a chat with me, and he talked about his upcoming new book, which is a collection of poems coming out. He's currently touring it around at the moment. It's released this week, and it's uh, coming to Nottingham next week. It's called uh, Raining Upward, and it'll be at Waterstones in Nottingham on the 27th, which is Wednesday at 7pm, to talk more about that book. So great book there, and he talks about that in the show as well as his love of poetry, and we get on to some other great subjects. Uh, much, So much we could have fit in a lot more. I'm really hoping I'll get to speak to him again at some point. Maybe we'll be able to go uh, over more of his sort of years in television then. This was more focused on his poetry. It also talks about how his poetry is influenced with uh, life bringing up an autistic child. Uh, it's a really interesting conversation about that in the middle of the show. So I really hope you enjoy this show. As I say, try and get along to his event at Waterstones on Wednesday, the 27th of September, if you can. And uh, sit back, enjoy the show. And before we do, I just want to say a quick thanks to uh, Heart Hotel and Restaurant. They were kind enough to provide us with a room. Uh, Henry had had a meal there, a meeting there prior to this, and they provided us a room where we were able to sit and record without interruption. So a massive thanks to them. I'm sure you've all heard them, a great Nottingham restaurant. Check them out on Facebook. So here we go. This is a conversation with the fabulous Henry Normal. NG Digital. Okay, well, uh, I'll start off by saying to, uh, thank you for joining me, taking the time out tonight and sorting of this lovely room. We're at Hart Restaurant and Hotel, I believe, is it? Uh, it's it's a restaurant. It used to be, uh, I think, the casualty department of the General Hospital. Uh-huh. So you'd imagine Art was spelt uh, um, H-E-A-R-T. Yes, yeah. It's not. It's H-A-R-T. It's a bloke's name, apparently. Tim, uh-huh. Tim Art. There you go. It's, it's, it's a very um, 
well loved restaurant around here. It crops up in a lot of the. It, well, it's first time I've been. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I met uh, uh, a couple of people to talk about the poetry festival for yeah. next year, which is why uh, why I'm here today. I say you're already well underway. We're trying to get it trying to get it sorted, yeah. and uh, um, uh, obviously it's a very communal event, so there's lots of people get involved. But um, uh, we're sort of. Uh, planning it from from now so what where are we now we're uh, september now september. aren't we so uh, you know it's a few months till april yeah so it's gonna be april again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 20th to the 29th excellent and i think was, was this year the second heard it here there you go brilliant <laughs> exclusive already two minutes in <laughs> good stuff and so that's why you're up here and also you um you've been doing a lot more on your poetry so in the last That's couple of years, I think in you obviously you were one of the co-founders of the the Nottingham Poetry Festival. That's right, myself and uh, Craig uh, Cash from uh, sorry Craig Chettle. Yeah, Craig, not to be confused with Craig Cash <laughs> and the Royal Family. No, Craig Chettle from uh, uh, Notts TV yes. and uh, Antenna, um, and he does lots of things around the city. Excellent, and it's I mean not there's Nottingham uh, obviously. Well, I'm sure everyone listening has seen that they're, they're bidding for. Uh, the city of culture in 2023. That's right, uh, uh, capital um, culture, I think. Capital of culture, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And uh, recently, or last year, I believe, it was they were named a, um, a UNESCO city so of literature. I'm, I'm a patron. As you are, yes, yeah, a patron yeah. of that. And uh, I think it's it's amazing the real culture growth. I mean, the, it feels like Nottingham, especially in the last maybe five, six, seven years, the culture has really grown. I mean, there's always been an underground one, but it really seems to be... I've got to say, though, the first year uh, we did the uh, Poetry Festival, um, I didn't know whether or not um, there was going to be uh, a sort of a, a local uptake in it. Um, but we thought we'd give it a go. And I was overwhelmed by how much they were. And then when we did the second one last year, um, it was phenomenal, and especially amongst young people. Uh, and uh, I'm sure it's not just in April. I'm sure it's uh, uh, throughout the year. They just seem to be a very vibrant. I mean, much more vibrant uh, um, than uh, than when I was uh, starting off and uh, doing poetry. Uh, certainly uh, in Nottingham, but even in Manchester, I think it compares to the vibe. When I, when I first met uh, Lem Sissay and uh, Steve Coogan and Carolina Hearn, there was a bit of a vibe going in uh, in Manchester, and I, I can feel the same sort of thing happening uh, in Nottingham. Definitely. I mean, as you say, there was so much went on at, at this year's festival, and, and obviously beyond poetry, and there's a, there's a literature yeah. festival um, that came, I think it came back this year, had a bit of a break. Well, I think the problem with uh, the literature festivals has been that they've not been consistent. Yeah. And and uh, um, I think it's great to have a literature festival because obviously there's more than poetry. Um, but it would be great to to have one that's regular that, uh, you know, you know is coming. Yeah. You can plan for it. I think as well, with, there is a lot, although a lot of festivals, I mean, Last year, and again, almost again this year, Nottingham was, you know, October. It was like the city of festivals. Well, that's not bad. Um, no, it yeah, isn't. Yeah. But it does mean that, I think, that does mean that you do need that consistency because there are a lot of festivals for people to, yeah. to look at. They want to know that this is going to be happening when and this is going to, you know, they know 
in, in the music you've yeah. got well, the hustle in october you know well, we we uh, moved the um the poetry festival from october to uh april to make way for a literature festival yeah. in october uh so uh you know we're going to continue with april and uh, you know the space will be free if um if anybody yeah. wants to do a literature festival excellent and uh we've got another poetry obviously you're you're up in nottingham in a couple of weeks you're at uh, waterstones yep. for your new oh my new book yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, called raining upwards and um I noticed when I was uh, looking back at my poems, because I, I had a book of um, my older poems uh, published uh, last year um, called uh, Travelling Second Class Through Hope. And when I look through them, um, they don't, they exist in space. They don't actually, uh, I never mention where I am or anything about the surroundings. So they're usually about relationships yeah. or, or um, uh, sort of metaphysical uh, um, uh, crisis. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, I was very conscious of that. And I thought, because there are some great poets that I, I read where, where they do have a sense of, uh, a sense of um, uh, place. And, and so I, I, I tried over the last two years to instill a little bit of that in but it had to be i had to be honest with it it had to be uh you know if i'm doing a nature poem it has to be my nature because because yeah. i'm i'm not i had not lived on a farm or uh, i'm not one for frolicking uh, over a hill and vale <laughs> uh, you know so it has to be the the nature that uh, that i come across uh, and similarly uh, uh, i suppose science is uh, one of the other key things i've been looking at um and because essentially you can view nature as nature or you can view it as you know uh, science you know yeah. water's either uh, uh, you know a lake or a river or whatever or, or, or its molecules and, and atoms so um i've i've looked at uh, um that sense of place in uh, different levels and i've tried to instill that but from a, from a very personal point of view and then layer into that my other concerns that yeah. uh, you know which about relationships about uh, <coughs> um, purpose of life and and uh, um, you know the, the nature of, uh, of creativity and, and things like that and um, sounds all very worthy uh, 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 not many knob gangs in that <laughs> but uh, I've sort of I've sort of done the obvious yeah uh, um, Poems, and I've done the relationship poems when I was younger, and I, I, I suppose I'm at the stage now where I'm I'm looking for something a little bit more sophisticated myself. Yeah. So um, I don't um, I don't shy away from the fact that uh, you know uh, it's changing. I think it's nice when you get a, a, a an artist like say uh, Nick Cave, uh, and you listen to an album of his, and then you listen to the next album, and it's different. Yeah, and I, I quite like that. And you think of Dave Bowie, who, uh, you know, each album uh, uh, was different. And um, so I, I, I look upon this new collection as being definitely for me, but uh, you know, it's got a, a different feel to it. Excellent. And I think, as you say, it's it's got to be where you are at that point, hasn't it? And that's where you are now. So yeah. that's the poems you're telling. Well, it, it, if it's if you're not expressing yourself, I, I don't know what you're doing in poetry because it, you know, it, to me, I, it's almost like I wish it wasn't called poetry. It, it's communication, 
Yeah. And and you're able in poetry to communicate um, things uh, without a set uh, length. So uh, once you've communicated it, you don't have to pad it out. It, it can be just as long as it needs to be. Um, and, and it's a very direct, there's nobody, you don't have to compromise. There's nobody uh, checking what you're doing. So uh, if I want to say something, uh, uh, you know, to you in, 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 a, in a more formal sense, I, I can... Uh, you know, I, I can uh, be honest and I can uh, be creative um, and, and I can make it exactly what, I, what it is I'm wanting to communicate. Uh, and then we call it a poem. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I, I sort of think sometimes we start with this prejudice uh, with poetry where, whereby nobody would ever say, uh, I, I don't like music. No. Uh, but people say, I don't like poetry. There's always one thing. Yeah. You know, or you never say, I, I don't like um, paintings. You know, there's a difference between Monet uh, and uh, Botticelli and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, sort of a, a Picasso. Uh, and, and there's a difference between, um, you know, sort of a, a full orchestra and a singer-songwriter and jazz and blues and whatever. And I, I think people don't quite get the idea that there's thousands of different types of poetry. Uh, and and my type of poetry is very different from, say, Byron or Wordsworth, and but it's also very different from, uh, um, you know, Kate Tempest. Yeah. You know, which she has her voice, and, and and I have my voice, or you know, uh, Roger McGough, or you know, Tony Harrison, or, or whoever else is. And I think that's the same. It was quite interesting during the poetry festival to see all the different voices. And if 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 I took you to the different events, the idea that you would say. But it's just the same voice. Yeah. It's not the same voice. Maybe there was a point uh, um, around the 50s where it sounded like the same voice, that people were, that it was sort of white, middle class uh, uh, and academic. Uh, and, and, and it, uh, you know, so, so people discounted it. Yeah. That, that it was all the same and, and it wasn't for them. But I think uh, uh, from uh, Ginsburg, from uh, um, Liverpool poets uh, and Adrian Mitchell, through um, uh, uh, John Cooper Clark, uh, John Akeley, um, uh, the Seething Wells, I suppose many people will remember him as a great uh, uh, punk poet, um, to, to modern day. There's, there's been a lot of change going on, and, and, and uh, I think there's such great variety. Excellent. It's I think it's interesting because you say, and I don't know whether this comes in uh, from school or or what, but it did, even at I remember even at school, and then you know in the nineties that there was it, it almost felt like well, poetry is not for us. Yes, it's this posh, yeah. mid, like say middle class thing. But as you say, and I don't know if that's just because of the kind of poems you learn at school. I think I think it is a or... bit. I think it is a bit. And, and I I looked at Edward Lear's uh, limericks when I was uh, a kid, and I thought, what well, these are rubbish, and and they don't make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yet limericks can be funny, and they, they they can make they can make you laugh. And I thought, what, well, do I have to write them like that? Uh, um, but I was lucky enough to have a young English teacher, and one of the uh, lessons he he, he made us. Uh, um, write an article about John Lennon's Imagine. And then reading the words to Imagine, which are very poetic, uh, um, I thought, well, now this, this is, I can understand. And then he, he, uh, he gave us a, a Bob Dylan uh, um, 
record that we you had to look at the the, the words to them and and uh, and, I, and and so certainly for my generation, um, the, the partly it was it was uh, in music and and lyrics that you know that we we look for for poetry and for some of the things you get from poetry, which is the opening yourself to other worlds, to seeing somebody else's perspective, um, and and I, I that for me that was very fulfill, fulfilling. In in the, in the lyrics, and then when I think when uh, uh, punk and new wave came, there was a, a very different expression. If you look at the lyrics to uh, some of the stuff around the uh, the late seventies, that you could see the attitude change and 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 the creativity of that was going on in in some of those, uh, uh, which was very original, uh, um, and. Luckily, there was a little bit of both from the uh, pop music of the sixties and the pop music of a little bit of poetry gaining momentum. Yeah, and I think we're in a situation now where, um, as uh, music's not as dominant as it was, and I don't think people define themselves in the same way as we used to define themselves as kids as uh, as being associated with uh, uh, bands or a type of yeah. music or wherever. Um, I think there's room for poetry to take a bigger role uh, and, and for that to fulfill part of this idea that, um, that we're searching for something and we don't know exactly what it is, but you've got to keep yourself open to, to, um, to find out what it is. Um, I came up uh, uh, in, in the car today my wife had done me uh, um, a CD with some new music, uh, and uh, I, I, some of the tracks I was crying in the car. I'm yeah. going about seventy miles an hour here, so <laughs> it's probably not good. Uh, but she's chosen them well, and I couldn't tell you before I listened to that track why that was going to move me. But uh, but by uh, making myself available to that new bit of influence uh, it's so fulfilling yeah and and i my my task with the poetry festival and and with poetry in general is is to try and get people to open themselves up to those possibilities because i i found it very fulfilling over the years and there's some great uh, um poems by other poets i've read over the years uh, that I, I just think are wonderful um, and and have, have changed my outlook in the same way as I think some music has changed my outlook, and I uh, think some novels and uh, and even some TV programs yeah. and films have changed my outlook. Uh, and you know, to 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 have this idea of poetry being the one art form that's for somebody else, I think it's a waste. Yeah, I think as well. And I'm not here, maybe it's um, obviously accessibility these days i mean when i when i was growing up we we didn't have that like i can recall we didn't have books of poetry in the house no we had bought lots of books yeah. no poetry and so i think my only real experiences with poetry were what i was taught at school again yeah. um but now obviously every home pretty much has got internet connection if you know you can you can uh, tap a name into uh, into the internet and get the poem yes. up straight away yeah but also you can have a go at it and share it with people. I mean, I've got lots of people on uh, on Facebook things that are that produce poetry. A lot of a lot of the singers, uh, musicians I know, 
It's a godsend because there's always been self-publishing in poetry. Yeah. You know, even some of the greats uh, self-published. And you know, if you look at some of the some of the great uh, poets from the past, uh, they they probably didn't uh, uh, sell even if they sold them uh, uh, more than uh, a couple of hundred uh, uh, copies. So th this idea that it's it's of no worth. Uh, um, if you write a poem and you know, and a few people uh, see it, no, that's, that's that's still of worth. It doesn't have to be that you've sold millions. Yeah, uh, it's very few poets ever uh, uh, sell millions. I, I think it's it's partly it's about the creativity itself, and then partly it's about the the the, the fact that it is so. Um, uh, personal that you can uh, uh, can pass it on like a uh, like a love letter almost from one person to another, and the internet's been been brilliant yeah. for that. Uh, first poet I saw that that uh, that um, I, f I felt connected with was uh, Roger McGough, and I, I saw him at the Playhouse um, uh, um, in Nottingham. On a lunchtime, I was working at uh, insurance brokers in the centre of uh, town, and I, I just just um, as part of the Nottingham Festival, as a as a um, something to do during the lunchtime, yeah. I, I went up and saw him at the uh, Playhouse, and he read uh, "Summer with Monica," which is a, a great series of, uh, of poems, and and, uh, and it was brilliant. And, and it, but it was it was about a love affair, uh, and you know I was a man in uh, my late uh, teens, and and uh, he was doing a love affair, and and so it, it felt very much of of my world. Um, and I, I got a book uh, by uh, Spike Milligan, and I used to read all the Goon Show scripts yeah. and uh, uh, Monty Python and stuff like that. And I got this book, and it's called Small Dreams of a Scorpion, and uh, and it was so funny, Spike Milligan. But this book was so sad, right? Uh, and uh, and I remember thinking, how, how can somebody so funny, you know, have, have such sad thoughts uh, and beautiful thoughts? And uh, and so I, th those those two events, and then later seeing uh, John Cooper Clark and and Seething Wells, gave me this uh, education that I'd not had at school that that poetry was actually something that connected yeah. with me. And if I if I'd not sort of seen those uh, uh, four things, um, I probably would have missed out in so many ways. So was was poetry sort of your your first step into the creative? Work? No, I'd, I'd been writing uh, um, uh, sort of Monty Python type sketches, right. and and when I was at uh, I was at Bilbra, uh, uh, when I was at Bilbra doing an A levels, um, I used to write. Um, stuff and i'd put it on the walls and uh, i'd entitle it please do not read because i thought <laughs> i'd make people read it uh, and so i used to write little skits and, and put them on the walls and uh, I, I wasn't doing any work uh, i was uh, too busy there uh, um so it was it was comedy really i was yeah. writing and it wasn't until i read small dreams of a scorpion that i started uh, writing uh, um uh, serious poems and then obviously you started um going out and Performing, yeah. Well, I, 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 I was, I was, a, I got myself involved with a writers' group at Angel Row uh, Central Library, and uh, they had a Christmas uh, do uh, at the Black Boy, uh, and then later at the Thurland, yeah. uh, and um, I, uh, so I stood up at uh, the uh, uh, the Christmas event, and I read, I only read one poem, and people laughed. 
I thought, oh, that's, no, that's yeah. all right. I, I, I can write something on Facebook. But so um, on the, the second event that we did, I read a couple of things uh, and people laughed. I thought, oh, I've got the gist of it. So uh, after uh, doing a, a, a couple more, um, I went to a place called Spots Cabaret, which was uh, it's like a mixed cabaret of uh, poets and musicians, and that, um, which was on in Nottingham. And um, they gave me 30 quid. <laughs> I, did, I did about I did about fifteen minutes. I, 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 the only poems I had actually, uh, uh, I read them all, uh, and and, uh, and I thought this, that's good, making money from reading bits off a piece of paper. Um, so I, I started doing places like uh, Derby, Loughborough, Leicester, um, you know, all the little places yeah. around uh, Nottingham, uh, and then uh, um, you know, obviously, you get more confidence, and uh, um, and and then my big break came when uh, is when I. Uh, I did Edinburgh, uh, and I did a show at Edinburgh and got seen by the TV. Ah, there you go. and then yeah. you went to... And then, and then I, I started working in uh, TV. I got a TV show called... So... Originally, it was called uh, Normal Services, uh, um, but I got... Um, it was sort of... Um, it's like the Muppets with me as Kermit, uh, and I, I got uh, Frank Skinner yes. involved. Uh, um, yeah. uh, it, was, it was the... Uh, um, Gonzo character <laughs> and uh, and Jenny Clear. Um, uh, I, I shouldn't say Miss Piggy, but uh, uh, that was I suppose what we modelled on. Um, I wanted Linda Smith to do that role because right. uh, I wanted it to be all northern. Uh, um, and uh, Linda was from uh, Sheffield, although she was from Erith originally, but she used to work out of Sheffield. Um, but they wouldn't have Linda because uh, they wanted somebody a bigger performer. And, right. And, but Jenny was. Brilliant in, in it, um, so so I did that, and then uh, and I put that. That was Steve's first ever uh, um, national television ah, as well. Yeah. He, he played my brother in one episode, and then when Steve got his own show, he asked me to write for him. And <laughs> Caroline, who I, I tried to get on the show um, when she had uh, Mrs. Merton's show, she asked yeah. me to write that. So um, I, I sort of edged into uh, writing uh, television. Uh, and then uh, Steve and I set up Baby Cat, yes, yeah. um, which we set up originally uh, so that we could get home in time for tea. So we, yeah. we set it set it up in Brighton on the on the grounds we wouldn't have to go to London. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, after making the first couple of programmes, we realised that there was no edit facilities in uh, Brighton. There's no studios, uh. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we couldn't afford to keep putting people up in hotels. So we, we we moved to London. And obviously, you were um, MD of Baby Cow up until yeah. two years ago. 20, That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, people, I mean, I think a lot of people have probably heard of Baby Cow from Steve's work, but it's yeah. the number of shows it's actually. Well, we made over 400 yeah. uh, shows, and uh, we won every award that, that you could possibly win, including uh, International Emmy for, for Moon Boy uh, and. Um, Golden Rose and one throw for Nighty Night. Um, so I, I was chuffed uh, what we'd done then. With Philomena, the uh, uh, film uh, we made recently, uh, uh, we got nominated for four Oscars. So I thought, I thought I've peaked. I mean, that's really, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do better than that. Because you, you, you also um, did the parole officer. That's right. I, I co wrote that with Steve. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a very yeah. different story and a very, it's based, obviously, based on a true story. It is, yeah. Um, like you say, it was massively acclaimed. 
Yes, yeah, and and it was great to be associated with uh, with them. And uh, I mean, my job really was to run the comedy department, and yeah, and, uh, that. But uh, we moved into films. Uh, um, but two years ago, I, I decided that um, I, I'd done enough, really. So I want to get back to poetry and yeah. uh, um, spend a bit more time with the family, because uh, um, as you probably know, I have an autistic yes, son yeah. who's uh, nineteen now, and. Uh, uh, I like to spend time with him, yeah. uh, and uh, my wife's very beautiful, so I like to spend time with her. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, I've made a, a few quid on writing knob gags, <laughs> so I, I could afford to take it a little bit easier. So, uh, so I've enjoyed that. I've, I've just written a book on um, uh, autism, uh, on uh, bringing up a, a lad with autism, uh, which is out next April, uh, called a, a Normal Family. Uh, sort of linked that you did the radio four show. I, I did do that's right i did i did two radio four yeah. shows i did did uh, one called the normal family uh, and one called a normal life and they were both really about uh, um about family uh, uh, but also uh, uh, particularly about my son uh, and uh, and bringing him up and uh, and connecting with him because uh, it, was, it was quite a big thing in my life. Uh, yes. um, I don't know if you know much about uh, autism, but um, when he was about two or three, he was very disconnected with the world, and uh, we had to um, uh, spend a lot of time, and my, my wife, uh, um, uh, more than I, because I, I was working, um, trying to get him to connect uh, and help him connect. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's in a much better place now. And uh, uh, he does some brilliant paintings. He's actually on Facebook. Uh, if you go on to uh, Art by Johnny, uh, you'll see uh, it's about 660 followers. And uh, he, he's, uh, he, he did the uh, painting for the front of my book, uh, Raining Upwards. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, he, he did the painting for the, for the previous one, uh, um, uh, staring directly at the eclipse, and he's, uh, he's been asked to do a couple of uh, exhibitions. So uh, um, uh, he expressed himself yeah. uh, through art because he, he, he's not uh, uh, very verbal at all. You know, he yeah. speaks in one word sentences. So you're saying he's, he's 19 now, yeah. and obviously, I think it's fair to say that um, society and attitudes towards autism have come on. A long very way. Much, very I imagine much. that wasn't the case nineteen years. Ago. No, no, no. Well, the 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 uh, leaflet for the National Autistic Society uh, was a crying child. Yeah. Can you imagine that? So, so when you're told that uh, your son is autistic, they give you this leaflet yeah. with a crying child on it inside a jigsaw puzzle. It's black and white, and I remember thinking, I can't think of anything more bleak. Yeah, to give uh, a parent, and on the first page it says incurable, and they give you the leaflet, yeah. and then and then you have to go on. Ah, yeah, get on with the rest of your life. Yeah, well, <laughs> as you're saying, it's a big upheaval, and particularly obviously with. Like you say, having a job that takes you away a lot as well. Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've written this book, and and the reason I wrote it is I wanted to write a book to give to somebody who's just found out. Right, yeah. Uh, um, because when uh, uh, Angela and I uh, uh, were first told, um, all our understanding about the future of our lives went. Yeah. Uh, and there was nothing to replace it. Uh, and, and there's no roadmap. There's nobody we knew that uh, uh, had, uh, could give us any advice. And the 
uh, th there was no um, representation on in the media. No. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's a little bit more now, but uh, uh, certainly then there was just Rain Man. Uh, and, you know, and he's, he's a three-year-old kid. Nothing like Rain Man. No. He's not a savant or anything like that. So um, I thought it'd be useful to to write a book um, that give a sort of a family perspective. And also, all the books I've read, there's no joy in them. No. You, when you read books uh, um, written by uh, scholars and, uh, and uh, academics, there's no joy in them. Whereas when you're bringing up a kid, there's pain uh, uh, and there's joy uh, and there's... Um, there's something more than you that you'll never get in, um, you know, in a, in a, a thesis. Yes, totally. Um, and I've got a, a son that's got Tourette's oh, yeah. syndrome, and yeah. one of the first things we discovered that was this: there's the thing with the media representation of it yeah. always being about um, people walking around swearing yes. and saying offensive things. Yes, and it's, it's just like ten percent. Like yeah. sufferers, and as you say, it's like, with, it's like with savants, it's always savants, yeah. uh, and I function in uh, autism, whereas uh, you know, there's a lot of people that they don't. But my son has got, got I wouldn't say he's got Tourette's, but he's got uh, he has outbursts, uh, um, and says things that, um, uh, that, um, uh, to, to most people make no, no yeah. sense uh, um, you know and whether or not he's communicating anything it's, it's difficult to tell but but it can it, you can think it's Tourette's yeah but, you know if, if you don't know him uh, um, and and in some ways who knows I mean I remember going to a a, um, a conference because uh, when, when we first found out about Johnny we went to every yes. conference yeah. looked on every website we you know we did the full research and uh, one conference I went to uh, uh, brain uh, uh, expert was saying um these names like Tourette's and autism and Asperger's and, uh, and uh, we we give these names yeah. uh, nature doesn't have these names uh, 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 within your brain uh, you know all sorts of things can be going on and we observe them yeah it's not even this. This is not even like we've 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 done anything other than observe. There's there's no technical thing we've observed, and then we give it a name. Yeah. Which is when you think about it, you know, if you think about most other illnesses, yeah. you you have something more to go on. But no, no, we observe, and then we give it a name, and then because we've given it a name, we then treat it in this way. Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit ad hoc, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's, it's surprising how little we know, isn't it, on the, it, on the brain? It, it is, and, uh, you know, well, let's face it, uh, um, uh, none of our brains uh, um, act exactly the same. No. And, and, you know, to some degree, that's great. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, uh, there's some things that uh, Johnny understands uh, uh, more than I do. Uh, and in some ways, his life uh, and uh, his way of life um, is far better than mine. Uh, it's taught me a lot. It's taught me to live in the moment because I, I had this thing. I don't know whether you've uh, had this, but uh, almost everybody I know that's creative has had this thing of rushing to catch up with themselves as though they should have been somewhere better or yeah. further up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and therefore they've got to hurry to, to, to yeah. find this, this, this moment. Um, and of course you don't. Uh, and you realize that after a, a good 30 years. Um, 
but whereas Johnny lives in the present, he's not interested in next week or the week after or the week after that or three years down the line. He's he's interested in in the moment, and so he's forced me to live in the moment. Yeah. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, from from my observation of it. Uh, he, he doesn't appear to live in in, in the past, uh, and if we talk about things about the past, he's, he's more concerned with the present. Uh, obviously, I don't know; it's my interpretation. Um, but I, I've I, I, I've had this thing um, that, that I think is instilled in a lot of us, where um, you're like a meerkat that, that you're looking for danger in the future. Uh, and make sure everything's okay and prepare and everything. And you're all the while evaluating the past to see whether or not you can learn a lesson from it and to apply that to the yeah. future. So you end up living both in the future and the past and you forget the present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I can relate to that. Yeah. The, the other thing he's, he's taught me is he's, uh, he's got great courage, uh, my lad. He's not afraid of anybody. If anybody comes in the room, he's, he's not necessarily uh, uh, asked to talk to them uh, and he's not necessarily interested, but he's not afraid. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I love that about yeah. him. He's uh, he's he's got uh, he's got I think possibly a, f- a faith in uh, in others or possibly he's he's, he's well centred, uh, but he's got something uh, uh, he carries about yeah. him that that, uh, that uh, you know I, I I envy in a way. I think it's uh, uh, it's nice that he's um, uh, at peace in that way. He has a thing where he's uh, it, it can be. Uh, uh, overwhelmed, uh, um, so we especially with sounds. So uh, he wears headphones, and we have yeah. to um, uh, we have to be careful with that. Oh, and, and obviously, I like, see so you're putting this together in a book. So I put this together in a book, but also some of my poems, yeah. um, because you know uh, uh, you're using the world around you um, and, and reflecting the world around. Some of my poems are uh, about um, uh, a family life and. Uh, uh, and so, uh, some of my interests, I, I have an interest in, uh, I, I like the edges of things. So I, I'm interested in how things begin, like the Big Bang yeah. and yeah. first stars and, and uh, you know, the first humans. And uh, So I, I, li- I like to, to, to see, you know, what the first or the last thing is. Yeah. So, I, so I'm also interested in the future as to, you know, um, uh, how the earth will be in, oh, in, in, in uh, you know, yeah. how will it end, uh, you know, yeah. uh, how will the universe end? So I, I, I sort of have, uh, um, I have, I'm curious about, yeah. about those sort of things. So, so those, those find themselves into, uh, into my poetry. And of course, the great thing about uh, uh, Google is uh, that you can, you can research these. Things. Yeah. And if anything, like uh, I was on a plane uh, uh, um, recently and uh, this little uh, girl was pretending to cry, but not crying. And, and I was looking at her and I was thinking, that's what you call crocodile tears. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if crocodiles do have <laughs> tears. So I, I, I looked up in Google and I, I read all about uh, crocodile tears and apparently they, they don't have tears of emotion. Their um, tears are uh, uh, to clean or uh, to help them uh, uh, eat food, which is, uh, um, you know, one of the sort of uh, connotations of it being, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, callous. Uh, um, and uh, so that, that was interesting. What I found out there was that the tears, the reason why they know this, the tears that you cry when you're upset have a painkiller in them. Oh. 
Whereas the tears that you have to, you know, to uh, clean your eye don't have a pain. Yeah. Nature's way of uh, um, soothing you. Interesting. You talk about, I was also obsessed with crocodiles growing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even then, I, I didn't know until recently, you know, the, the thing with the little bird. Yeah. That goes on and cleans its teeth. It's a myth, urban legend. Oh, is it? Oh, it doesn't happen. They don't need it because yeah. their teeth fall out and are replaced all the time. Uh, but you see, that, <laughs> I, I find the, the internet great for that. Yeah. Of course, so I, I, over the, certainly over the last two years, I've, I've learned so much by being curious and yeah. and and, uh, and then investigating it, and uh, some of the things I've uh, I've um, written about, but some of the things are just just for my uh, education. Yeah, excellent. Um, I won't try not to take up too much. That's right. Well, we're, we're, we're about right. uh, to time. Uh, we've done thirty six minutes. All right, we'll yeah. wrap up in a minute. Then. Yeah, um, I just wanted to. Got to get off. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I just want to basically briefly touch on your on your sort of time in Nottingham. You, you yeah. grew up in St Anne's. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up at Seymour Street. Uh, knocked it down. They knocked it down um, when they were redeveloping. Um, and uh, my dad used to say we lived in Stenton because he was trying to be posh. But uh, I, uh, I looked it up. It's definitely St Anne's. And. Um, the uh, there's a little there now. I went back to oh, yeah. look, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of poems uh, about that because I, I went on the Saint, uh, sorry, King Edward's Park, uh, and uh, I couldn't recognise anything because all, all the playground equipment uh, has changed. Yeah, um, and there was just one tree that I remembered, so I, I wrote a poem to to that tree in in, in the book. But I, I have lots of uh, fond memories. So I, I lived in Nottingham. Uh, up to my mid-20s. Uh, um, and uh, so we, we moved from St Anne's to uh, uh, to Bilborough, uh, Baythorn Road, uh, and I, I went to um, uh, William Sharp and, and then Bilborough. Uh, and then I, I worked uh, as an insurance broker in the centre of town. Um, and I sort of lived uh, a few places. I lived in Top Valley, um, West Bridgeford, uh, Crockwell Bishop. Uh, um, I, I, I lived, uh, you know... Um, Castle Boulevard. So, oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm, you know, I feel very grounded in, yeah. in Nottingham, and I, I still, um, I still feel like a Nottingham person. I've, I've lived in uh, Brighton for uh, twenty years, but I don't. It's quite weird. I, I don't know any, hardly anybody in yeah. Brighton. Uh, all the people I know are uh, from elsewhere. Because I suppose partly because I've been commuting to London, but uh, and I, I nip into Brighton occasionally, but. Uh, I don't know the back alleys in the same way as I know every inch of yeah. uh, uh, Nottingham city centre, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it, I, so I, I do feel connected. My, my, my dad and my mum uh, um, uh, are dead now and uh, my mum's graves in Bull, uh, my, my dad, uh, um, uh, Arnold. So, uh, um so yeah, I still feel very connected. Yeah. I got uh, um, uh, three sisters um, that uh, have moved down to to uh, to Brighton now. Well, just outside of Brighton, um, uh, Seaford and New Haven that way. Um, but for you, but I still got friends in Nottingham. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I still feel very connected. I, I I can't imagine me passing for anything other than Nottingham. No matter how yeah. posh I try and make. <laughs> and obviously now that you've, you've 
actively engaged in the the uh, the, the poetry festivals and the things like that. Obviously, there's, obviously there's an even growing connection now, and we, you're obviously getting to know sort of the next generation of creative people in the city. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's great. It's, it's great seeing you know people on the start of their journey, yeah. and uh, you know, and uh, with new ideas and, and new creativity. It's, it's fantastic. I, I've been very lucky over my career that I've dealt with a lot of young people. You know, obviously when I did the, uh, the, the television, you know, I was the first people to put uh, first person to put uh, John Bishop on the television or uh, um, uh, Jimmy Carr and uh, Alan Carr and people like that but you know I, I sort of put the bush on when nobody yeah. had, uh, heard of them and, uh, and Julia Davis and Rob Brydon so so to to have uh, um, brought on young talent uh, like that uh, it keeps you young and keeps you um, creative yeah. and, and curious and I, I think that's um, that's been uh, a, a glory uh, to my life and so there's a little bit of that with the poetry film. yeah definitely and i think then finally then is when you obviously come to quite nottingham quite often yeah. now are there any like places that you really like always like, like you must visit places you know well, yeah, spiritually, uh, Ockley is, uh, is is the place. And you see, I, I remember uh, Ockley uh, from years ago when there was a, a, an art gallery called the Midland Group. So for me, that was always an, a, an oasis. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's gone now. I think it's the games... Oh, the video arcade, national video arcade. Yeah, I think that that, that building used to be uh, an art centre called called the Midland Group, um, and uh, uh, Mushroom Books used to be yeah. there as well. So uh, that was a, a little bit. And uh, Selector Disc uh, was, course, was yeah. the other one I used to love. Selector Disc. Uh, um, I, I actually had a record shop when I lived at Chesterfield uh, for a few years, and uh, I, I wanted it to be. Like selected it, yeah. Because it, it, it was amazing. It was, you know, uh, it was more than a shop. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, nowadays, uh, um, uh, Rosie Lee's Cafe. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to go in uh, nice and easily. Uh, um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Broadway Cinema is great. Um, you can still go to Central Library. Uh, yeah. Uh, still good. Um, but uh, I. I don't know about. Uh, that's where I tend to spend most of my time, to be honest with you. Um, walking around and yeah. Market Square still uh, still good. Slab Square, as I always yeah. call it. Uh, um, and uh, you know, obviously, it depends if if I'm when I'm visiting friends. Think, uh, and it's, it's where they. Well, you, you know, obviously, what it depends on what you look for as well. Well, what parts of Nottingham you come to. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Oh, thank you very much for your time. So there you go, that was Henry Normal there. Uh, great to chat to him. And as I said, his new book, Raining Upward, is out now. And he'll be at Waterstones, Nottingham, on the 27th of September to promote that. Uh, check out Henry on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Henry Normal to keep up to date with what he's going to say. As you mentioned there, he'll be back as well next year with another Nottingham Poetry Festival in April, which is a uh, well look worth looking forward to. Thanks everyone who's listened into that. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode of NG Meet. Um, hopefully enjoyed the format. Let us know what you think. Get in touch with us. As I said, you can find us on Twitter at NG Digital UK, Facebook.com forward slash NG Digital, or drop us an email info at ng-digital.co.uk. 
And don't forget to check out all our regular content over at ng-digital.co.uk, our website. Uh, we've got regular weekly shows. Quickly before I go, I just wanted to point say that in our next episode of NG Meets, we're going to be speaking to the uh, legendary Notts County record goal scorer Les Brad. We're taking a visit to speak to him in the week, and we're going to be talking to him about his legendary Notts career and his years since then. He's been still involved with the club now. He's been to also his upcoming autobiography, uh, Far Post. A striker's tale of scoring goals and breaking records. That's due out in early October. So hopefully we'll have plenty of stories there uh, of the Les's years at Meadow Lane. And uh, we look forward to that. So thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. This has been NG Digital. Goodbye. <laughs>